Hey everyone, and welcome to The Rational Republican, a podcast where we look at complex issues facing us here in Oregon and around the nation. We'll try to address issues from a nonpartisan perspective and view our disagreements through a lens of respect rather than tribalism or divisiveness. I'm James Ball. This is Nick Perlosky. Hey listeners, how we doing? Today's podcast is brought to you by ProLift Doors of Portland. ProLift is your one-stop shop for residential and small commercial garage doors from openers, springs, and rollers to full reinstalls. They offer same-day service on all garage door repairs with no extra charge for evenings or weekends. Serving West Portland out to Hillsboro, call today and set up your free estimate at 503-558-6349 or at proliftdoors.com slash Portland. Again, that's 503-558-6349 or proliftdoors.com slash Portland. On this episode of the podcast, we are going to resume our series of podcasts on the Democratic Party of Oregon platform. DPO platform. Article 5. We have done four of these already. Or was it six? Did we do one specifically for the preamble? I, I think remember. so. Anyway, doesn't matter. So we got me, Nick, and Xander, Xander. Almeida once again going to tackle the, uh, the DPO platform. Today, Article 5. Good governance, election integrity, campaign finance reform, voting rights, tax fairness. You guys ready to talk about Citizens United and the Electoral College and good governance? Leslie Nope, eat your heart out. Woohoo. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. <laughs> Preamble. Oregon Democrats are committed to open and responsive government. <laughs> <laughs> Just, we're Sorry. Not that, wasn't, done yet. <laughs> that wasn't the laugh line, guys. <laughs> my bad. My bad. That's not what they thought the laugh line was. <laughs> We recognize that the task of sustaining our democracy and the respond and responding to the challenges posed by an evolving technology and the world economy requires a common effort, compromise, and diligence. We are guided by the wisdom and genius of our founding principles and the Constitution. We believe corporations are not people, money is not speech. We are committed to the basic truth that humans have inherent rights while the rights of corporations are derived from and defined by government of the people. We believe that participation and influence in the political process should not be determined by one's economic status. We hold the right and responsibility of all eligible eligible persons to vote as an essential foundation of our democracy. Thoughts? So the first thing that comes to mind is where we all started laughing because that's pretty <laughs> uproarious they're talking about transparency <laughs> and while i agree that that is in fact a virtue and that is something that democrats and republicans and independents and navs should all strive for that has clearly not been exhibited by certainly the current administration in salem and democrats all up and down the ballot here in oregon the part that's that gets me is the uh, corporations are not people money is not speech and so, like I said, we're kind of talking Citizens United here, which is a Supreme Court case, which I probably should have done a little more research on, but essentially saying that money is speech and corporations are people. Is that right? Well, it's, there's also no lack of irony in the Democrats saying money isn't speech when they are very good at just taking unions money to speak with and yeah. don't have to have it, don't seem to have any qualms with that whatsoever. So that's kind of the very obvious follow up there is 
AFSCME, SEIU, OEA are all super, super heavy donors to Democratic politicians. I get from the governor, state senators, state house representatives, congressmen, senators, like all up and down the spectrum. They have no qualms taking that money and and that quantity of money. You, yeah. And that's exactly it. Yeah, that's I. Kate spent whatever. Ten or twenty million dollars, something on the last election. She's most of which still was, raising money. R- true story, exactly. Yeah, she which can't is, run again. <laughs> oh, she's just going to pass it on to the to the DPO, who's going to reallocate it wherever. She's just got the name, and so she's going to be. No, I know using that to. I'm just saying irony. Right. Which, yeah, it's like if if this is the thing that we're trying to live up to, like let's at least try. Let's at least feign like we're trying, right? Yeah. Good point. All right, let's move on to the planks. One, we are committed to 100% accuracy in all election tabulations and support full hand counts in as many elections as are necessary to limit the risk of any possible intrusion into software used by tally machines or of human manipulation. The most recent electoral research should be applied. I don't really have a problem okay. with that. I think, you know, that's that's good good governance. That's fine. Uh, yeah, I'm fully in agreement with all of that. I'm curious... And because this is one of those things where it's like everything in here is a response to something. I mean, in the yeah. la- in the opening salvo, the the money is not speech, or whatever. That's clearly that's a Citizens United thing. I'm wondering what they're talking about when they say the latest electoral research should be applied because this is Oregon is a fantastically gerrymandered state, and again, if they're living by what they preach, we should have a probably well, three three congressional delegations split once we get CD6 coming up here. Let's see gerry- if that happens. Gerrymandering does not necessarily imply inaccurate. It is still accurate. It's just bent and mis- malformed yeah. to their their will. Well, anyway. I, I think that we could well, we might the, agree the, to disagree the on that. The tabulation think. that they're talking about is is accurate. Yeah. Suppose I mean it so is. I it's, think it's unfortunate the dream in it all to hell well but. so what do y'all mean by accurate and i well the, is, the electoral tabulation the number of votes yay or nay but i mean it, if if just that last sentence there if they're saying the latest electoral research should be implied, there are myriad computer modeling simulation simulation softwares where fair districts can be drawn that are actually fair and not just fair as in this has the same number of people as District 1 has the same number of people as District 2, so look at that. It's fair, despite the fact that we have an overwhelmingly gerrymanderedly democratic state. Like, if we're looking at electoral research, like, we can make really good use of it here. That's a good point. Sure. And I'm going to make a side note real quick, and then we'll go on to the next plank. When the Republicans walked out this last session and the session before, a lot of people were upset about that. And they all seem to forget that this was the Democrats did this in 2001 in a redistricting year to fight with to because they thought that the Republican majority would uh, was gerrymandering in in their favor. And so they, you know, and this is to maintain democracy and to fight the evil Republicans who are trying to gerrymander. But but now she's on the other foot. (laughs) Well, no, no, no. I mean, like this, this is, that is a total perversion of what actually happened. So in the state of Oregon, what happens if the legislature cannot come to an agreement on uh, the new lines in during redistricting, it gets kicked to the secretary of state. Paging Bev Clarno. So the, in 2001, the house and Senate were controlled by Republicans, but who was the secretary of state? A Democrat. One. So you can say that Republicans tried to gerrymander it and Democrats were upholding democracy by walking out in that case. But why in the world would a Republican majority do something 
that the Democrats would not accept, knowing that if they could not come to an agreement, that it would be kicked to a Democrat and the Democrats would be able to write the, the boundaries however they wanted. Fair does Q. not make any sense. And so the only logical explanation for what happened is Democrats wanted to gerrymander the crap out of the state. The Republican, what they what they proposed was probably, probably lean to the right, but was probably relatively fair. But as soon as it got kicked to the Democratic Secretary of State, it went crazy left. And so in 2011, there were not a whole lot of changes to the lines drawn. So the, the current map, they that just is kept the map yeah. gerrymandered to heck is State essentially the one that was drawn because of Kate Brown's walkout in 2001. Thanks, Kate. Clever girl. Okay. Sorry. Moving along. Plank two. We believe in publicly funded ele- candidate election campaigns with duration limits for campaign contributions and disbursements to ensure democratic elections at all levels. So I would be okay with this if you could outlaw private spending. So I think, again, this is interesting because this we were hearkening back to Citizens United and obviously mm-hmm. people on the left have a problem with that. If you're committed to public funding in elections... Who was the first presidential candidate to turn down public funding in an election? Uh, Barack Obama. Barack Obama. Barack Hussein Obama was the first one to say no, even after he had agreed. He and John McCain had agreed, say, yeah, we're just going to take the $80 million or whatever it is that is publicly funded, publicly available. Barack Obama said, no, I can get whatever three or four or five times that. I'm going to go out and, and, you know, raise money. And, and that is, it's, it's only like, mildly hypocritical for the Democrats to be the ones to say, no, we're committed to public funding when it was their guys first and foremost who broke the, broke the planks on that. Interesting. The other thing too is the city of Portland is already trying to do a publicly funded elections thing mm-hmm. for city council and it was rife with corruption and people who broke laws, um, and just took a bunch of money and spent it on, you know, just whatever they felt like. Um, so tens of thousands of public, uh, money was just taken. And, and used for whatever. So I don't necessarily hate it, but again, if you don't have the proper checks on it, then it's useless. Well, you would, like I said, you would have to outlaw all other funding because what's going to happen if you were to have like, okay, you're a candidate, you get X amount of money to run, uh, just go for it. Like that's all the money you can spend. Well, all of a sudden now this dark money starts showing up and, and these ads that are funded by committees for, you know, public policy or something that are running like heavily left or heavily right um, ads. Okay, they're not affiliated with the candidate technically, but they are. They're I mean, still that, so that's that's how you get your dark money into the into the system. The only way this would work is if you outlaw all other forms of of campaign spending. And again, Citizens United cannot cannot you you are stopping free speech by disallowing campaign. Well, and there's there's a line somewhere where somebody said money in politics is like rain on a dry asphalt road. Like it's going to find its way through. It's just going to seep its way through. And I, w- whatever laws, whatever regulations, whatever this, that, the other, people will find ways to spend either with the candidates, with the interest groups, uh, with the parties, however it is that they want to get it in. I my my take is let's let's not worry about who spends and who's not. Let's make sure it's as transparent as possible. Mm. Let's not let's stop with the five twenty seven ads. Let's just say, you know, John Smith over here who's a millionaire, he's voting for 
Newt Bueller in CD2, he doesn't like Jimmy Crumpack or, you know, whatever it is, but he's the one who's putting up this ad or whatever. Here, watch this ad about how terrible Jimmy Crumpacker is. Like, instead of Oregonians for a real conservative in CD2. <laughs> Somebody's been watching the, uh, the YouTube ads. That for, voice was great. Uh, one of the 39 views of that ad. <laughs> are you 37 of those 39? <laughs> All right. I was practicing most of the day. We are 11 minutes into the podcast, and we are on <laughs> plank number two out of 31. So okay. All right. Gonna, we're <laughs> Buckle gonna, up. We're going to start. Up. We're going to start going. Um, plank three. We consider some goods and services so essential to society that they must be offered and managed by the public for general good, including but not limited to the internet, which is not capitalized. It should be. Libraries, public utilities, highways, education, incarceration, not sorry, comma, education, comma, incarceration, <laughs> postal services, fire protection, police, social security, health care, and other forms of social insurance. This is just typical Democrat. Like, Aren't all of those but one already publicly run? Uh, the internet is not. Highways, you can have private roads. I don't know if there's yeah, any private roads well, in Oregon. Yeah, yeah, most the roads mail are public, service, though. there's UPS. and FedEx. Yeah, but we still have the U.S. Postal Service. That's yeah. A, like, almost all the, they, you already Healthcare. got all that already. Healthcare and the internet. Healthcare is the one. Yeah, that's the big whatever seventeen but, trillion dollar elephant. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, this is just typical Democrat. This is they want a lot of government control. And they, yeah. yeah. Anyway, it seems fine. <laughs> <laughs> it seems fine that they wrote that in there. It seems doesn't fine seem fine yeah, right, from where right, the three right. of us sit. Yeah. Just yeah to yeah, be yeah, clear, yeah, yeah, dear yeah, yeah. listener. Yes. Agreed. Okay. All right. Plank four. We believe personal income should be taxed at a progressive rate so that people with a lower income pay a lower percentage of that income in the tax than do those with a higher income to help mitigate income inequality. So this is just they're, they're against a flat tax. Um, I would also be against a flat tax. So Ooh, I'd like the, to argue with you on that one. That'll be for a different time. But sorry, wants to- the, the amount of people that are of the progressive and liberal bent who are worth millions and millions of dollars and they keep going and complaining about how you know, they're taxed at a lower rate than their secretary or whatever, and then never voluntarily go and like pay yeah. up more is just That's because it's capital gains and they're paying their secretary a uh mm-hmm. a progressive tax. Mm-hmm. Well I'm curious to your so flat tax, my my problem with the flat tax is that I don't think it would work financially because the flat tax would have to be something like twenty percent and if you're only making twenty four thousand dollars a year, twenty percent's a lot. Well, so I don't disagree with that. That's I if you ever read all the books or whatever, they talk about the prebate. They the government just cuts you a check every you know, once a month or whatever for like to to basically cover the taxes that you're gonna have to pay. So up mm-hmm. to you only pay past a certain income level. So you'd you'd have to do something like that. And I think this would also, in my mind at least, this would have to be coupled with a much more simple tax code than what we've got. Uh, and for me, that means limiting a lot of different deductions that we've got now, charitable contributions, home interest deduction. This is sacrosanct to a lot of people on the right. So I'm sorry. Don't come with your pitchforks. But there's no reason a lot of this stuff needs to be tax deductible. Your tax rate is what your tax rate is. Go on and pay your taxes. That's fair. Okay. Fair tax. Let's, let's, let's move on. Which one was that? That was four, right? Uh, we five plank five. We believe money is not speech, and government at all levels should regulate, limit, or prohibit campaign contributions and expenditures to restrict the influence of private or corporate wealth in the election of candidates or passage of ballot measures. Any permissible contributions and expenditures shall be publicly disclosed. 
I think we already covered this yeah, in the preamble. Yeah, we, we already kind of talked about this. For whatever it's worth, those are three very different things. Regulate that are sure are. Like, that's <laughs> and publicly disclosed. Yeah, yeah pick right. your verb, Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> All right, plank six. We believe in order to maintain a high level of public confidence in our voter registration databases, there should be separate viewable online personal voter registration databases that tracks all changes to the database and including includes tracking of all authorizations for such changes to detect wrongful manipulation. Okay. So Democrats against voter fraud. I'm with them on that. Yep. Yeah. That's fine. But I think you can already, I, I like this is, this is trivial though. I mean, you can, the voter rolls are publicly available. You yeah. send the secretary of state $500. They send you a, a file. Um, you do that once a month and you can track changes on your own. Like, yeah, there we go. I mean, this good job, Democrats. Do we for <laughs> five, for $500 a month, you can do this. Yeah. We do got we need a public system to anyway. Okay. Just send James $500. Moving. He'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to do that. I don't have the time. All right. Uh, I just took three days to paint my wall green. <laughs> I don't have the time. <laughs> I'm busy. Leave me alone. <laughs> Paint walls. Plank seven. We support the right of political parties to nominate candidates by means of instant runoff voting, thereby ensuring nominees are supported by a majority of electors. Cool. Is this like ranked choice or? Yeah, I've not, not heard the term sure. instant run. Do they mean like, we're going to send you a text, get back in five minutes or something? Like this is American Idol or something? Like, what do you mean instant voting and it's and they're talking political parties not just the democrats not the electoral system i think this is for means of nominating people um my understanding of the runoff system is basically you go it it is much like ranked choice where you you rank the people that you like the most in the order that you like them the most and then they tabulate those votes and like if there's five people running like your number one candidate is worth five votes your number five candidate is worth one vote and Mm -hmm. then you rank them down from there, and that's how they go and actually calculate um, who is going to be the nominee. And if um, someone doesn't meet a threshold, then they are like knocked off. Their votes are now retabulated to another candidate based on your rank. Yeah, okay. which is a really interesting method. I actually like this a lot. I do too. Uh, and yeah. I was opposed. Like the the origin- I just don't know what it means. <laughs> the, <laughs> Instant. The, yeah, I, I don't think that's what they're talking about. I, anyway, I, I don't know what they're talking about. If you're cool. a Democrat, please tell us what you mean. We don't know your code. <laughs> Your language is strange to us. (laughs) All right. Plank eight. We believe corporations and other purely legal entities are not granted the same rights as natural persons by the Constitution. Didn't they just talk about that? Like three things? All right. Cool. Okay. Uh, Plank nine. We believe the government of the people must not be unduly influenced by special interests, corporate power, religious beliefs, or money, or public employee unions. You do believe that. I I don't believe that they believe that. I added that last bit about public employee oh, unions. did you? Okay. <laughs> I was like, wow, all That's right. That's not in there. <laughs> I, thought you guys were, not. I thought you guys were going to catch that, that they wouldn't, they wouldn't put public I was employee already getting ready to make my joke. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't listening to my joke? No. <laughs> okay. Your joke was good. No, but the, yeah, I think we've kind of beat the public employee unions to death already, yeah. but that mm-hmm. is a huge problem in Oregon politics. Yeah. Is the, well, mm-hmm. and, and I, I'm not, I wouldn't even beg the question that it is a problem. I think that's fine. I think as long as people are transparent about what money is going where sure ask me donate all you want to kate brown make it that much harder for republican to win like that's fine but these guys can't up and say that in their platform and then turn around and take 20 million dollars no here's the here's the issue with that um tina kotek is running in a d plus 38 
40, 72, I don't know. D plus, huge amount. All of the votes. Now, she's probably a bad example because she's the 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 leader. But House, t- yeah. take a different Democrat who's less well-known, who is running in a D plus 15 or 20 district, and they accept $50,000 from the SEIU, and then they go to reform PERS. The SEIU then comes in and says, okay, we're gonna we're now going to pick a different primary opponent. We're going to put that $50,000 towards someone who is opposing you in the primary. So this is exactly what's happening in the Secretary of State's race right now. I don't know. I just saw it yesterday. If y'all have seen the Willamette Week, the endorsement interviews for the Democrats running for Secretary of State, but they got in. Shamia Fagan got into it with Mark Haas because <laughs> basically Shamia Fagan was kind of the stand-in for Jennifer Williamson. She was kind of recruited to run for that race because Mark Haas voted to, in like in ever so slight ways, voted for that one bill to kind of limit a wee little bit purrs, and now they're all up in arms at labor is just distraught that Marcos would do this and it's just like that's they did exactly the situation that you just described but that that's and that's my point like the the money the employee union money going into democratic races is not to help the democrats win against republicans they've got that on lock this is to make sure the democrats vote the way they want them to vote and if they don't they get Marcos. you will you will, you will be punished He's a you will be punished now. yeah <laughs> so like that that is the problem and I, I didn't realize this until I started running for office exactly how big of a problem this is of making sure people vote in a way that is in line with their donors. Mhm. Sounds anyway. like a topic for another pod. I yeah, like we can it. probably talk a whole podcast on that one, but all right. Plank 10. We believe Oregon's corporate income tax policy currently results in an in in inequitable share of general fund revenues derived from individual income taxpayers. I've said this on the podcast before. Corporations don't pay taxes. Their customers do. Also, correct me if I'm wrong, but who runs the state? It was A. (laughs) B, wasn't there like insanely large loopholes that the Democrats carved out for the Nikes and the Intels and the whomevers of Oregon when they were reforming corporate taxes? Like, isn't this a thing that just happened like two years ago? Like, Nick, it's, it's for the greater good. It's the greater we, we, good. We need to pass this legislation that the Democrats want because it's for everyone's benefit. And if we don't get the corporations on board, then it's not going to pass because it's a bad bill. Well, I, so I, we need to make sure that they have carve outs so they aren't hurt too bad by our bad policy so that they can actually support it. <laughs> and because it's important for this for the greater good. Now, Nick, if I hope you, you realize the errors of your way right now in which James has so, you know, straightforward put to you. You can't pass bad well, policy unless you have the it's, the corporations it's, on board. It's we like using a double negative time. in a sentence. It's like saying <laughs> Kate Brown ain't not the governor. It's like, well, that's technically correct. <laughs> it's just a very, very wrong way of saying it. And the Democrats just enacted conservative tax policy by not hiking to the bejesus the taxes on some of the larger corporations in this country in this state. And that, why don't you just be a Republican? Like this is what we're trying to do. <laughs> so this is. Uh, we're referencing cap and trade, which had huge carve outs for the largest polluters in the state of Oregon. Oh, they sure did. Without their support, it would have never passed or it would have never gotten it. The, they, the, they wanted, they needed to have Nike and Intel and those folks not fight them on cap and trade. And so they carved out portions for those big companies. Mm-hmm. Also, just mm-hmm. ever so slight bugaboo of mine. If you're going to say something isn't equal, that's fine. You're welcome to have that opinion. You need to give me a number that is equal. If you're saying company X pays Y percent tax and that's too low, that's fine. Say they need to pay 
1.2 or 1.8% times Y. Like, give me a number here. Well, I'll, I'll give them a little bit of a pass on this one because it is a platform. It's not policy. I would say, like, this, fair. I just um, want more things to come I, I, I would, I would agree with you as far as policy goes that, but I mean. All right. Cheerfully is, withdrawn. You win, Democrats. <laughs> 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 oh boy. Okay. Plank 11. We believe corruption and conflict of interest, including but not limited to post-employment remuneration, has elected to elected and appointed public officials, is damaging to public trust and our public institutions. So you you take out all the middle part, and it's basically corruption is bad for public institutions. Oh, okay, bold stance. <laughs> I'll stand <laughs> by it. Hashtag analysis. Uh, <laughs> agreed. Okay. Uh, moving on. Plank twelve. We are committed to protecting and ensuring our constitutional rights and freedoms, including the right to assemble peacefully without penalty or threat of violence, and to receive due process and equal treatment under the law. Oh, oh okay. Um, they don't seem to think that when Proud Boys show up, but um, <laughs> well, and I, like I'm all for peaceful <laughs> protests and whatever, but this is also the same. We're sitting in downtown Portland right now. This is the same place where looters, rioters, you know, people break glass, tip over trash cans, set things on fire, or whatever. Yeah. Oh, you went to midday protests as well. Yeah. There you go. You're right. <laughs> every, every like every single time in Portland, it's just like. I'm fine with peaceful protests, but that's very often not what we get in this city. Yeah. No, I've I mean, I've seen fires set in the middle of intersections and like, yeah, you know, yeah, it's it's. I I I like where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. I don't think they believe that. Yeah. I think they only believe it's okay when their side does it too. Agreed. I mean, okay. also the Proud Boys are idiots, but still. Well, yes, they are. Um, <laughs> I just want to make sure I made that clear because <laughs> in, in no way am I defending their no their abs- their way not. of doing things absolutely because they're not. awful people. But um, yeah. Anyways, all right. Plank thirteen. We believe eminent domain should never be used for the benefit of private or corporate entity in the absence of a clear and demonstrable public need. Whoa! Except for that pesky Kilo case in Connecticut, where it was the left side of the Supreme Court that okayed eminent domain, which like. Which way are we going here, Democrats? Pick a side. Okay. Hey, yeah. we have that really nice Portland, Oregon sign now because eminent domain that was threatened by uh, what was the guy, Randy Le- Leonard, the old city councilman here. I don't know. I yeah. gotta say, public domain or eminent domain is not something that I'm totally up to speed on. Yeah, he threatened to go and take over the sign from the University of Oregon if they wouldn't hand it over to the city using eminent domain, which was like the most bogus thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Huh. <laughs> we need the sign, darn it. Interesting. All right. Plank 14. We are committed to transparency, accountability, oversight, integrity, competence, fairness, honesty, and citizen participant participation at all levels of government. What, what, what C word did they use that competence. has never been associated with Democrats in the state of Oregon? <laughs> competence. All right. Uh, cool. Yeah. Old stance. Good, Dig it. Good. Good. Uh, plank 15. We believe the highest levels of security, accuracy, confidence, and transparency throughout the voting process and clarity of instructions in the voters' pamphlet. Agreed. Uh, I agree, too. Um, I don't know why that means that you should be able to spend $500 to basically lie in a voters' pamphlet and to be for well, or against free- the side. Freedom of speech. I'd be, I'm okay with that, actually. You can say whatever you want in the voters' pamphlet. Well, I mean, again, can you re- reread that again. 
We support the highest level of security, accuracy, confidence, and transparency throughout the voting process and clarity of instructions in the voters' pamphlet. See, the accuracy part mm. is what I'm talking about. Yeah. I don't mind that it says where the money comes from. That's fine. It should say that. But you can just bold-faced lie your way through the voters' pamphlet for 500 bucks. That's true. And I don't... I mean, again, it comes down to the question of well, who's going to yeah, go so, and actually and go and fact-check you. But again, if you want to promote accuracy, you probably shouldn't be allowing people to go and well, at what basically point, put ads into a voter's pamphlet. It's not the place At, at what point do you start trampling on the First Amendment then? You, you can spend money in other ways for legislation and for candidates and for ballot measures. I don't mm-hmm. think the voter's pamphlet is, is a place for it. All right. Plank 16, we affirm the critical value of religious freedom and the principle of separation of church and state. Oh, and it, sorry, it goes on. And does it? 16. Nope, that's the next one. Sorry. Uh, I like the use of affirm because if you say I swear, I don't understand how, but somehow that has a religious connotation. So they started allowing people to say I swear or affirm. Mm. So nice use from them on keeping religion out of the anti-religious plank in their platform well it's it's pro-religious no we affirm the crucial value of religious freedom well uh, but and also trying to keep it out of which is which is a knock against the religious right like which is fine i'm i'm all for like not mandating some national public religion or something like that i'm right there with them on that yeah yeah I, i think we would all be a better country if we could keep religion separated from the matters of the state i think that there's nothing wrong with um, spiritual belief influencing one's decisions. But when you were going and making your decisions based upon religion and religion only, then you're trying to go into theocracy. And we are not a theocracy. Yeah. Nor so, should we be. Okay. So my interesting point, we could probably have a whole podcast on this as well. Yeah, we could. Is when, so I'll stop now. <laughs> well, when religious freedom butts up against other freedoms – and this happens a lot with the LGBT community yeah. where you have firmly held religious beliefs that a person doesn't want to bake a cake for the wedding of a gay couple, for instance. Not that that has happened recently. <laughs> no, <laughs> never. I don't recall that so ever So now happening. you have a firmly held religious belief of one person who, and you have discrimination on the other hand. And so where do you draw the line between religious freedom and discrimination? I think that's a fair question. Yeah. I'm, I say this as the son-in-law of a gay couple. I'm on the side of the cake maker there. Like, I don't believe it is moral or ethical or, and it actually, it wasn't legal to compel a person to engage in business that he or she finds, uh, whatever opposed to your moral compass or whatever. I do feel much more comfortable saying that in 2020 when all of these things go on Yelp and that cake bakery is going to be out of business in about four days. But that's, I think that that's a fair question to ask. So the only pushback I have on that is Jim Crow South, because that's where all these discrimination laws came into place was every single restaurant would not serve black people. And so you had the freedom to not conduct business with a certain with whoever you feel like which in principle i agree with but then you have every single business in a certain area who is not doing business with a certain group of people and i mean obviously that there were a lot of a lot a lot of problems with uh not mandating that not not having the government involved true 
I think in a, in a place like Portland, um, I'm going to be that weird guy in the middle ground between both of you. If you have a lesbian couple from Portland going to Beaverton to get a cake made, I'm sorry, you didn't have to go to that bakery. So that was another point that I was going to make is who is acting in good faith? Yes. And I think if you're in liberal Portland and you're going to more conservative suburb of Portland to like probably try to make a point that they're not going to do this for me. Just to like, you're not acting in good faith. You're not acting in good faith. There are, I would imagine, dozens, if not scores, of other bakeries that could have gone to in the city where they would have no problem making that cake for them. And this is the exact. Sorry, this is the exact point of what happened in in Colorado. Is the gay couple went specifically to this bakery, and so it's like, which party is acting in good faith and which party is not? In that particular case, and I'm, I mean, there is a lot of case law in this that I'm not totally up to speed on, but. Just, just feel like the cake maker was acting in good faith. They were they were acting in accordance with their firmly held religious beliefs. And in that particular case, it was the gay couple who was specifically seeking out a business that they knew did, would not do business with them. They and, were going for a fight. Yes. And that's not right either. Um, however, if you are in a small town in which there's only one bakery, mm-hmm. then I think you have a very good argument to say that this bakery needs to serve the public. And because there's no other place they can go. Kind of like what you were saying too, restaurants in the South are in Jim Crow when all the restaurants are not going to serve African-American folks. Like there's nowhere else they can go. Right. And if there's nowhere else they can go, then I think you have a good argument to say that like this institution is obligated to serve everybody. Yeah. If there's no alternative. And that's, and I think that's kind of where hairs start getting split is, because I mean, you're absolutely right that in the Colorado cake baking case they intentionally went to that bag on same with darlene's flowers just right across the river in washington they intentionally went to a florist that they knew was not going to provide a service for them but what's right in one you know cake baking shop in colorado has to be right for jurisprudence all across the country and you can't really you can't be making those distinctions all over the place and so that's well why why not why not just deal with it on a case-by-case basis you leave it up to a judge and jury to decide who's acting in good faith and who is being unreasonable yeah. I think there I think there is right and I think it is up to the Supreme Court is the final arbiter and I think it's up to them to determine what is right. I think they get it wrong in times. I think Roe is a great example of a case that they got wrong. Most legal scholars now think that they got that wrong, but if it goes to the Supreme Court, I don't think they can just kick it back and just say, "You know what? We're this is too hairy for us to make a law on or a ruling on." All right. All right, that was a long one. Let's go to the next plank. Plank 17. We believe elected or appointed public servants and those employed in our government agencies deserve increased respect, support, and appreciation for the vital work they perform in maintaining efficient and effective government services for the public good. I'm trying to remember how long I've how many phone calls I've made to get on unemployment now. (laughs) Is Um, it it upward of a thousand? A thousand is uh, above or below. Um, it's been about close to 300 calls at this point. Mm. And, you know, their whole thing that they keep saying is, we just could not have anticipated this. I'm like, the order came from the governor. <laughs> like, yeah. you had a while to go and figure it out. And a month in is now when you're hiring new employees? A month in. Yeah. Well, and this, I forget which of you uh, I'm to- sure they're very hardworking employees there. I don't doubt it because every time I call them, they're busy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Personal gripe, but. True story, though. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, I was talking with one of you offline. I believe it was Xander we were talking about this, where we, rec- we, the state of Oregon, received a grant to update our unemployment. In 2009, after In the Great Recession. We got a grant to upgrade our unemployment million services. $84 And guess how much of that money has been used to upgrade our unemployment services? I believe it was about two or three. Two or three million out of 84. Yep. And now you have to make hundreds of calls to get through to get on unemployment. Which I still have not been able to get through yet. Right. And I'm seeing this online all the time. Like people are, every, like a lot of people are in the same boat as you, as they just cannot get through. They so. didn't start until 2016 from a grant that was given in 2009. Keep in mind, three separate Democrat administrations. They are estimating they'll be done with the improvements in 2040. 2025. Oh, you're, oh, it's close. I thought this was going to be like prices, right? Where we're just, <laughs> What's the over under kids? Yeah. Like it, like that is just so insulting to every Oregonian in which the computers are using, they are using to go and run the unemployment office on can barely play Oregon Trail. Yeah. That's exactly, that's exactly the timeline I was going to go with. <laughs> I remember, was that was like 1994 or whatever when that game was a Some thing. of their computer parts are from 1985. That is not a joke. Wow. That is, yeah, we're laughing. That Oregonian is a reported that, that some of the computer components are from 1985, the year I was born. Good times. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're applying for unemployment, then probably not good times. Unemployment people, if you're listening, call Xander. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Plank 18. We support efforts to adopt national vote-by-mail standards, which will increase voter turnout, reduce voter suppression, and provide secure paper trails for vote verification. Uh, How timely. Right, right. (laughs) Well, this is is, is up to the states. And I I firmly believe this is up to the states. I I would not, like, I believe in Oregon we have vote-by-mail. I think it's a great system. I, I... like being able to vote from home and i think every state should do it but every state should also be able to decide that for themselves but you disagree with that but um i podcast i am in a weird place with this i i've only been able to vote in a ballot box once in my life Mm -hmm. um which was the year uh, last year i was in california um like 15 years ago and i loved it my parents used to take me to the ballot box all the time you know, it would stand in the lines, like they would take me and show me that this is what democracy is about. Hmm. And it was a whole like communal thing. All the neighbors were there and it was fun and I loved it. And then I got to Oregon and I was like, where's my ballot box? Oh, I get something sent in the mail. So now I'm like sitting at my, you know, coffee table in my underwear, just like, okay, I guess this is community. I don't know. Hmm. Um, where's my sticker where's my i voted sticker come on right no exactly and and so it felt weird now this is why every single election i show up at the (laughs) at the county drop-off place on um 11th and morrison and i sit down and i fill up my ballot there i drop it in a box Hmm. it's the closest thing i get to about to, to, to a ballot box interesting um and i wear about 500 political buttons on my coat I've seen the coat. <laughs> and, uh, Democracy. And that's what I do. And because it feels better. And then I go to Sassy Strip Club and I drink. And, <laughs> Democracy. Uh, because America is great. And, um, but it's, I, I wish that states would do both. Um, like my ideal system is if you want to vote by mail, you can do that. If you want to vote by a ballot box, you can do that. I would like actual options. The first time I ever voted for a Republican before I actually turned Republican was a woman that was running for Secretary of State, Robin something, I forget her last name, 
but she campaigned on allowing there to be ballot boxes in the state of Oregon. Mm. You can vote by mail or you can go to a ballot box. It's your choice. Robin, if you're listening, come on the pod. Yeah, talk to me. Talk to me, girl. <laughs> you, were the, you, were, you were my first influence in the going GOP, baby. <laughs> Interesting. All right, well, let's, let's move on. We're, we have a lot to get covered yet. Uh, we believe in uh, Plank 19. We believe in fair access to voting, specifically in underserved communities and communities of color. We believe in monitoring and evaluating any possible racially motivated gerrymandering in Oregon. It is essential that Oregon access assess, excuse me, assess racial bias and thoroughly investigate purging of votes and voters in minority populations. Is so, that a thing that happens? So I for for the second part of that about the gerrymandering, I already made comments about that earlier, but like Mm, Democrats. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I would, yeah, we like, should do this on you YouTube. Run this so state. Come on. But for the first part of that, I we we want things to be fair, but we want things to be even more fair if you are uh, less economically able or of a minority. Like f- fair is fair. Like yeah, right. What what are we doing here? Yeah, I I, I don't know. I mean, like. They're talking about voter purges like they don't run the state. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. If that's happening, that's under their watch and they're failing. Yeah. So, all right, I'm done. Plank 20. We believe in promoting nutritious food safety and security through local, state, and national level programs, especially in this time of climate change. This is under good governance? Yes. Is this misplaced? I I guess. I don't All right, know. Cool. I don't Next. see how it has anything to do with it. <laughs> oh. Food security and also, by the way, climate change? Like, yeah. Okay. In, in the good governance section. The, All right. Uh, that's, okay. Sure. All right, Democrats. Next. <laughs> well, so to be fair, we have pro-life stuff in like four different sections. Of I'm not defending the uh, <laughs> no, no, ORP. No, 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 it's not a defense of the ORP. It's just a critique of the DOP or DPO. I think we have the ORP has pro-life statements in the foreign policy section. So oh, I think we do actually. Yeah, I'm not joking. I'm pretty I'm, sure it does. I know you're not. Just for funsies, in case anybody forgot which side of the aisle we fall on that one. <laughs> it's it's there right next to bombing uh, nations of color. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. Plank 21. We believe the emergence of quote alternative facts unquote in the media. <laughs> what is Xander, this in reference? Xander just about, <laughs> just about did a spit take there. <laughs> Spit out $8 a good whiskey. (laughs) (laughs) Emergence of alternative facts in the media erodes the integrity of governing of governing of our the integrity of governing of our democracy. That's an awkward sentence. Yeah. The integrity of governing of our democracy. This I 100% agree with them on. Yes. Uh, Way to go and make a Kellyanne Conway reference though. That's spot on. Nice. Mm. We can still remember Kellyanne Conway. She was like three years ago at this point. (laughs) Well, that's when this thing was written. Ah, not three, not three years ago. Anyway. Plank 22. We believe the freedom to vote, access to participation in our democracy, removal of barriers to participation, debates in legislative races, and the ability to be more informed members of the electorate through vote-by-mail systems. We support the right to vote enshrined in the 15th Amendment. Didn't they just cover this like two planks ago? I think so. R- removal of barriers to participate in the process. Do they want somebody to walk to your house, like from your mailbox, and put the letter in your hand? Well, that's where what you they do. They, they will go to people's houses and actually. collect ballots okay. and walk them to the mailbox for you. 
Well, so that, I, I don't, yeah. So yeah. I don't believe that that is, you should be able to do that. That just cost Congressman his seat in North Carolina. Like that's like when Republicans oh, yeah. talk about voter fraud, like <laughs> that's exactly the type of things like that's, that should be super illegal. Like, yeah. And they, they do it and then they conveniently forget a bunch of them in the trunk of a car and then. Oops. Remember this happened last time. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, 100%. some promote Oregon or one of the mm. lever- liberal leaning think tanks started collecting ballots oh, and then conveniently any. forgot a whole bunch of them someplace. Oh, look at that. Had to run through for some like, muffins. Forgot about them. Yeah. It's not like they have information of where certain Republicans live or anything. Nope. Had no idea that that's anyway. Oopsie doodles. Because it's not like this information's public. Nope. Oh, wait, it for is. 500 I just, bucks a month. I just, for 500 bucks a month, you can <laughs> you can have access to voter rolls of the entire that's state. That's why they want it to be free. So they <laughs> Save money. Democrats. I'm hip to your game. All right. Plank 23. We acknowledge the contributions of the cannabis industry to the needs of the state economy <laughs> and believe it should be protected from federal intervention. So while I don't disagree with this, I don't know that it needs to be in the governance section. I feel like there's a better place for this. That's a good you think. <laughs> yeah. What? Don't super like agree. Don't disagree with the premise at all. No, but totally agree. How is this? I just like. I imagine Leslie Nope reading every single one of these, and then now we get to this, and it's like that's not a, that's not. It's this not is right. like if they were like a, a field that was left of left field. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Oh God! Wow. All right. Okay. Yeah. Next, next. I feel like the yeah. Okay. Plank twenty four. We support providing adequate state and federal monies for counties to compensate for the impact of lost tax revenue related to public lands. Measure 5, Measure 50. Measure 5 and Measure 50 caps the the rate at which property taxes can be assessed, which is right now 3% of a property's assessed value. And Measure 5 was 1990, Measure 50, or yeah, Five was like 1990, 50 was like 1994, five, something like that. And there were ballot initiatives that passed, they voted on by the state of Oregon because property taxes here were insane. And I, I volunteer on a budget committee for the, for, for Multnomah County. And this is a thing that we talk about all the time is all the, the cost of providing services and the number of services provided goes up exponentially with the increase in people coming to Oregon, coming to Multnomah County, but the amount of revenues that they get can only ever go up linearly by 3% because that is has is what has been statutorily capped at. Hmm. And it's a big problem if you're the county. I mean, for me, the answer is easy. It's like, well, you have to provide either fewer services or provide the same services to fewer people. Like, bada yeah. bing, bada boom, they're telling you only get three more percent every year. This is what it's going to be. But that's that that's a huge, huge limiting factor in budget county budget decisions. So the way I read it was kind of well, so I don't know, maybe the related to timber harvest is kind of what I thought. Where because it's talking about we we want federal money to compensate states for lost tax revenues related to public lands. Well, I don't know. Maybe I misread it. Yeah, we want that. We want. We're the ones who complained about in the '90s with all the northern spotted owl with the loss of the timber water. Democrats don't care so much about that. But no, that's. I promise you, they're talking about Measure Five, Measure Fifty on that one. Okay. All right. Plank twenty-five. We affirm medical decisions must be made with respect to patients' right to privacy and freedom to have control of their own of their lives based on fully informed consent, except when it comes to vaccines. Sorry, I added that last bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Again, you almost had me there, Jay. Yeah. You almost had me. 
Uh, so this is this is a this is an abortion one. Um, pretty clearly, they want again patients to make their own decisions without good governance. But what is this doing in here? Yeah, well, I mean, there's other sub bullets too. Good governance, uh, campaign finance reform, voting rights, tax fairness. Nope, it doesn't belong. Nope. <laughs> Anything to do? Yeah. Come on, Democrats. Okay. Uh, yeah, I like. Okay, I'm not an anti-vaxer. I have done several podcasts on vaccines, but if you are going to say all medical decisions need to be done, made by the patient without influence from the government, then you need to apply that across the board, even when you disagree with their decisions. Like you cannot just pick and choose that this applies to abortion, but not vaccines. It like it either applies or it doesn't. That's my two cents. Don't disagree with any of that. All right. Plank 26. We assert no one should be subject to interference with their privacy, family, home, or correspondence, and we oppose broad violations of these principles by any government agency, including for purported purposes of national security. This is anti-patriot act. This is patriot. patriot yeah. Act, yeah. Okay. Uh, don't disagree. The yeah. Patriot Act was a bad decision. Yeah. I a amendment violating bad decision. Yeah. Well, so I, I there's good and bad there are obviously a lot of the parts patriot act that went way too far i think that the i think you can get way carried away with the right to privacy like france has sued google because they want you to not be able to like google james a ball and have like this podcast come up if you're like i don't like that podcast anymore google make it go away so you get like you can get a little carried away with stuff like that but yeah. in general i'm i'm with them on yeah, your privacy is your right. Sure. I know that some European countries have what what, what they call the right to be forgotten bill. Hmm. And that is if something really embarrassing in your history, like not criminal, but just like embarrassing in your history has come up, then you can actually have search engines and go and knock it off the internet, which, hmm. again, I think depending on what it is, um, is fine. Like, you know, if you happen to be walking in public and you like, you know, as an extreme example, accidentally urinated yourself and someone took a picture of it and put it online because they thought it was funny. Mm. Like, you have the right to go and have that picture taken down because nothing criminal happened, but it was an embarrassing thing for you that you don't want to be Googled. Mm. However, if you were a criminal and did crime, like, yeah, that's not going anywhere. So, and I feel like that's interesting because it was everybody on the left after, like, the white nationalist rally with the Ikea Tiki torches in Virginia a couple years ago, they were the one who like, this is, you know, Tom Dancy or whatever. He participated, find his employer and get him fired. Oh yeah. They were all about that. And it's like, I still do that today, actually. And again, not defending those, like those guys are the worst period, full stop. But if we are about privacy, we're about privacy. Yeah. Right. That's has, a good it example. Has to, it has to apply to not just the people you agree with. It yes. Has to, if you're going to have the make these statements, it has to apply even when you disagree with what's going on. Good point. All right. Plank 27. We defend every individual's right to freedom from surveillance, search, or seizure unless authorized by a specific probable cause warrant. Isn't there an amendment about this? Like, uh, <laughs> one, two, three, four, uh, is, five? Yeah. Five? No, four. Four. Fourth Amendment is a uh, search and seizure. Fifth, right. Fifth, fifth is, is uh, quartering. Is, yeah. Is, uh, is uh, non. Uh, the, the, you don't um, have to go into self incrimination. Self incrimination. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fourth is. Uh, anyway, I don't know. We form the Fourth Amendment of the con- of the Bill of Rights. Cool. Again, that's just a weird thing. You feel like you have to emphasize it's already in the Constitution. 
Eh, they they affirm it. Uh, it's fine. Okay. I'm not upset about it. Uh, Plank 28. We believe as the head of the government of the United States of America, the president and vice president should be elected by whoever wins the most votes nationwide. Okay. So this is sour grapes over losing the 2016 election. The minute that a the popular vote goes to Donald Trump next year, this year, uh, this will Im- magically vanish from all democratic <laughs> platforms across the country. The one thing that makes like, me want to root for Donald Trump is literally exactly that. Just yeah. to wait, watch all these states have to eat their words. It's so the the reason eat a murder of crows. I don't. <laughs> I don't need to talk to you guys, but we got listeners. So the reason the Electoral College is a good thing, one of many, is that it changes. It changes demographically. It changes swing states change. Like people move all sorts of things. If we were to get rid of the Electoral College, you would have centers that are influential and centers that are not. And your influential places are going to be Southern California, New York, Texas, Florida, and Whatever Chicago. those area of Chicago, whatever those big metropolitan areas want, policy wise, that's what they're going to get for the nation. Keep in for mind for the nation and forever. So what we have now is we have blue states and we have red states and we have swing states, but the swing states change. And so whoever is the nominee for president, whoever wins the nomination, has to appeal to not just their base and not just the population centers, but wherever those swing states happen to be. And so you need a broad enough audience to win all of those swing states in order to win enough electoral votes. All said. It, it makes it, a, you need a very much broader platform than just uh, LA and New York are good, everyone else bad. Well, and I've always, I've said this before too, if you are going to go and run on a popular vote for the election, you need to, as you're saying, you need to campaign in four places, maybe. Yeah. And that's it. Yep. And everyone else can go screw off and uh, die in a fire, apparently. And you have no incentive to go and care about anybody's needs that are not urban. Yep. And how that's a good thing, again, the, the policies that are good for Los Angeles, Southern California, or you know New York City are not good for Casper, Wyoming. To uh, quote Bill Maher, the only town wetter than the ghost itself. Uh, (laughs) Well, and I will say it Uh, just coincidentally makes it much, much easier to campaign if you are a Democrat because you just hold rallies in Madison Square Garden and Dodger Stadium. Whereas if you're a Republican, you have to go from small town to small town to small town all over, you know, 87,000 miles of roads across this country. When it's not like the game has changed, like this is what I don't understand about this complaint about the Electoral College system. It's been in place for 270 freaking years. Yep. It's always been the same game. Just because you lost it twice <laughs> doesn't mean that it's not been the system since forever. You know, you know how the game is played. So just play by the game. The rules are there. And I think this coronavirus situation is going to highlight uh, one of the things, one of the things that it's going to highlight is how dependent we are on those sparsely populated areas because that's where the food comes from. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys are aware, but Tyson, the guys who make the the yeah, chicken, the put out a took out a full page ad in the New York Times and I think a couple other newspapers saying food supply lines are breaking down, like they are not able to supply. Because they, they are so used to supplying restaurants more than they do, or not more, but yeah. like it's shifting from a, a mixture of restaurants and grocery stores to all grocery stores because now restaurants across the country and the, like 
they are not able to keep up because the supply lines take a long time to develop and, and reestablish and reestablish. And I like before, if this thing doesn't end long, we're in soon. We are going to see um, grocery stores running out of food in middle of big cities. And I think that, uh, you know, liberals like to complain about how tax dollars a lot of times goes from blue states to red because they, you know, the, the way the economy works, blue states tend to make more money. They're more urban. And then that tax money goes to the federal government and then it comes back out to the states. But the reason for that is that's where the food comes from. The, the blue urban centers are supported by the red rural districts, not the other way around. They can get by without Portland, but Portland cannot get by without the rural districts. Yeah. We'd starve to death. Probably. Okay. On that happy note. <laughs> moving moving That's along. quarantine, baby. <laughs> moving along. Uh, yeah, you guys are getting me on my soapbox today. This is good. Uh, Plank 29. We support the enactment of voting improvements that eliminate vote splitting and more accurately reflects the preference and will of the voters. What does Whoa. that mean? Whoa, if you are splitting your vote, that is the most accurate accurate representation of what you, a voter, want. If yeah. you're saying, oh, I, I'm voting for Kate Brown because I really like her, but I really want to vote for Cliff Bentz in CD2, the Democrats are going to say you can't do that. No, you voted for a Democrat at the top of the ticket, so all your ticket has to be Democrat now? No, I think, I think <laughs> what they're talking about is um, a third-party candidate running. So it's Kate Brown, Newt Bueller, and then... Uh, Sam Carpenter comes in and decides that he's going to run as an independent and takes votes away from Newt. But I think that's what they're talking about in vote splitting. Mm. So basically they want two-party system to, uh, to like, if you're not a major party candidate, you're, you're prevented from running. Doesn't that go against everything else they've said about, you know, free and about fair free elections and... Fair. I, and I, I might sorry, be interpreting sorry. it wrong, but... Yeah. Because again, I don't know what you just said. It sounded like gobbledygook to me. <laughs> Once again, Democrats, if you have a special Ouija board where we can understand what you're saying. Decoder ring. Uh, that <laughs> eliminate vote splitting and more accurate, accurately reflect the preference of the voters. Isn't that what a vote is? I, I, I have so yeah. many questions about so few words. I, I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure. The only thing I can think <sighs> is that they want like their two party, two major party candidates and then like eliminate all of your third parties from the general election. they support fusion voting. That, yeah. That's the only thing I, I can don't think. Underst- that's no. the only thing, like way I can interpret this. There's, I have many questions. Democrats, please tell me what's up. Okay, All right, my mind okay. is breaking. It's fine. Continue. Moving along. Uh, plank thirty. We believe state level districting, redistricting, and voter eligibility rules should be determined by a politically neutral entity. <laughs> so uh, I agree. I don't think that sure. the Democrats agree. Yeah. I, I don't think they agree with their own platform, and that's fine. It would but I think, it's, I think it's good. Yeah, yeah. Control C, Control V that into the GOP <laughs> platform. Like that's where that statement belongs. Right. But yeah, that's not at well, all we, what I mean, they we, do. We had a whole podcast on redistricting and the the ballot measure to which I don't even I don't think it probably even made it on the. Is it, is it on the ballot? I haven't seen it. A lot of them did not make it on the ballot so, because yeah. they couldn't go and collect signatures because of uh, the virus. In any case, we we had a whole podcast on redistricting and a neutral entity that would re- like do this. Legal and voters. Leaning entity. Yeah. So anyway, I'm, I'm all for it. I just don't believe that the Democrats are. No, they don't want that. Okay. We believe in democracy. Therefore... <laughs> 
Therefore, we expect our legislators to support the legislative priorities expressed in this document. If they are unable to support that legislation, they must choose they must not use their position to block votes without a good rationale and consensus of democratic legislators. What? Basically, if you don't follow this document as a Democrat, you're not a real, you're not a really Democrat. But they still believe in democracy. Right. They believe in letting you as a representative cast your vote however well, you best believe, as long as it adheres to this giant, poorly syntactically worded piece of garbage. Well, I think that their their thought is My way or the highway? Well, I think that they're using this document as a proxy for democracy, even though probably 200 people put this together out of 4 million in the state of Oregon. 200 wingnutty people. Yeah, just like well, who yes, put together ours. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. not knocking you. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, That's fair. I mean, I would absolutely disagree with this. Um, representative democracy, we elect representatives to represent us. And guess what? All 4 million people in the state of Oregon... Well, I mean, eligible voters, so less than that. But all eligible voters get to vote for those people, and then they are accountable to the voters. The people who wrote this document are not accountable to anybody, and they're, like, totally disagree with this. (laughs) All right, what's next? That's it. Hey! Hey! Hey. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, we made it through a page and a half, 31 planks in the governance. Well... Probably 28 planks in the government's. And then three, four three thrown in there randomly from, for no reason. <laughs> from somewhere. Uh, that was a that was a bad control V control yeah, C. It like. was a copy paste error somewhere. Oops, my bad. Uh, this is a good podcast. We're coming up on an hour. So, gentlemen, we thank did you. In under an hour? We did. Oh, cheers to that, guy. We did it. Thank you so much. And listeners, we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Rational Republican Podcast. Your hosts are James Ball and Nick Perlosky. Lauren Christensen is our producer. You can find our episodes at jamesaball.com, iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts.